Alright, good evening everybody. Thank you for joining us tonight here at Lighthouse Discipleship Center. My name is Dave Everett. This is my wife Sherry. And we're going to be <coughs> excuse me, continuing our Bible study tonight on Effortless Change by Andrew Womack. And uh, just so you know, I think we're in, I don't, I don't know, I want to say week 8 tonight, but I don't, know, I don't even know what number. That's fine. Uh, we'll be in chapter 4 though. I'm being, talking about being transformed. And so that's where we'll be tonight. Uh, anyway, so all, just so you know, all of our Bible studies are archived on our website at LighthouseDiscipleship.org as well as our YouTube channel, Lighthouse Discipleship Center. And then uh, we thank you for our, our, our financial partners who have partnered with us and helping bring these teachings to you at our website at LighthouseDiscipleship.org. <coughs> so, like I said, uh, this is... Uh, uh, we're going to be in chapter 4 tonight, I talk about being transformed. You know, I know this might be an interesting title to some of you who are just, just joining us, talking about effortless change. We're talking about being in God's Word. We're talking about having a relationship with God's Word, uh, hiding His Word in our heart and whatnot. And so, you know, the Word of God is a seed. And when we plant that seed and we water that seed, that seed, in a sense, grows effortlessly. And, uh, yeah, there's some farming, there's some gardening that we got to do to maintain it. There's a labor to enter into his rest, as scripture says, you know, but it's change. You know, if we're going to change our behavior, we're going to change our attitudes, we're going to change our, our, what we say and what we do, it's going to, all those, all those things are fruit. And so, you know, um, if we want the fruit of righteousness, the fruit of holiness, that the Bible talks about in our lives, then we need to, there needs to be a seed of that, and that seed of God's Word. And as, God, as we uh, properly garden and farm our heart and our minds uh, in, in God's Word, the seed of God's Word, we're going to see God change us, change us from the inside out more accidentally than we ever could try to do it on purpose. When you try to do it on purpose in your own strength, it's not going to work. But when you allow God and His Word and His life and His nature on the inside of you to change your life, then there will be uh, everlasting change. There will be eternal change. There will be change that works. <coughs> Excuse me. One of my favorite verses is in Galatians 2.20 where Paul says, It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me and the life I now live. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so Paul had a revelation that it's Christ who's living in his life from the inside out. And so when we allow Christ to live his life in us and through us, there's an effortlessness. You know, when we try to do it without Christ, there's a lot of effort but no gain. And so uh, I'm not, and this effortlessness is not talking about being passive. It's not talking about being lazy. It's not talking about being complacent, quite the contrary. And so, but at the same point in time, we're not doing it. It's He, it's Christ who's doing it in us. And so, um, anyway, uh, we, we good on the, our, our technology? So anyway, Sherry's going to read for us, and we're going to, um, she'll narrate, and then we'll talk about it. So again, we're in chapter 4 tonight. If you have a book, uh, those who, who are, have one, uh, talking about being transformed. Uh, so anyway, we'll go from there. If you're struggling with depression, you're not meditating on the Word of God day and night. 
Romans 8, 6 reveals, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. If you have death in any form working in you, including depression, discouragement, anger, unforgiveness, bitterness, etc., it's because you've planted death. I don't say this to condemn you, but rather to enlighten you and show you where the source of your problem lies. Remember my earlier example when I said that I don't have to be with you when you plant a garden to see what you've sown? All I have to do is be there when the crop grows up to know what you've planted. If you have death in your life, if you're depressed, discouraged, angry, or bitter, you haven't been meditating on the Word of God. Spiritual mindedness only produces life and peace. Okay, this is a good start in chapter 4. Some good, some good nuggets right here right off the bat. You know, uh, uh, you know, he says, he says uh, if you're struggling, <coughs> excuse me, with depression, you're not, you're not meditating on God's word. How do I know that? Because, and then how do, how do we know that? Because uh, Romans eight six says to be the naturally minded, to be carnally minded, which means be natural, is death. You cannot be meditating on God's word day and night and be struggling with depression and other uh, negative things. I'm not saying you don't have the temptation of depression and other things coming, but if you're meditating on God's word day and night, you know, that's not going to be the end result. I understand when things are struggling. I understand when you're in a crisis, when you're in a battle, you know, uh, it, it is, there is an effort. But that's all the more reasons why we need to be in God's Word day and night, so that we can, uh, we have something to fight against that. Otherwise, you're going to be fighting against those temptations and those thoughts and those repressing thoughts on your own strength. At the same point in time, uh, Andrew brings out, I don't have to be there when you, you sow your crops, uh, but, you know, but I can know by the, you know, the harvest, the fruit that's going to come out of it. You know, we, here in Camarillo, we live by a lot of farmland and we like sometimes try to guess what they're farming. You know, we don't have to be there when they actually plant the seeds. And actually when they first plant the seeds, it's just dirt on the ground from our perspective. But after, after a few weeks and, and whatnot, you know, uh, it starts to get green and, um, you can tell after a while what some plants are. If you know if you know your plants, you can tell what they all are. How do I know? Because you know if they if they sow corn, you're not going to see strawberries. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. If they sow corn, you're not going to see oranges. How do I know it's an orange? <coughs> How do I know they're farming oranges? Because they it's an orange tree. <laughs> How do I know they're farming strawberries? Because they're strawberries. How do I know it's corn? Because there's corn. Um, no, I, you don't have to be, you can tell after a while what people are meditating on. If you're, you know, I, right now with all the things going on in our world, and I'm not saying we shouldn't be attentive to some of this stuff to a certain level, a certain degree, but I can tell who's been listening to Facebook all day. How can I tell? You can, you can see what they're harvesting. You can see what they're, what's sprouting, you know. Uh, and there's, it's not just depression that we're talking about, but he says, if any, if you have any death in any form working in you, including depression, dis <coughs> excuse me, discouragement, anger, unforgiveness, bitterness, and the list can go on. But, you know, 
and and I like it how Andrew says it because it comes from Romans eight six to be naturally or to be carnally minded is death. To be constantly depressed is death. To be constantly unforgiving is death. To be bitter, to be bitter or discouraged uh, is you know or angry is death. Those are all negative emotions, negative things we're feeding off. And I'm not saying that the circumstances are not discouraging. I'm not saying there's not something to be angry about or something to be discouraged about or, or whatnot, you know. But we don't have to camp there. We don't have to, we don't have to sow that seed. <coughs> we can, we don't have to be controlled by our circumstances. We can, uh, you know, we can overcome. How do we overcome? Our faith. It's our faith that overcomes the world. Uh, first John, I think chapter five talks about that. I think it's verse four. Uh, it's our, you know, we're overcomers, but how do we overcome? By our faith. You know, just, there, we, Sherry and I have gone through different things through, through the years. Some of them financial, some physical, some relational, and there have been all kinds of stuff, and we can choose to be a victim. We can choose to, uh, whatever, or we can choose, you know what, this is not going to dictate my life. And this is not going to dictate my attitude and my my emotions right now. Now I can't say that there's not times where uh, we we've been hit hard that we we didn't react, you know. But when we came to our senses, we we realized you know we we did react, and and so we have reacted wrong. I understand that at, at times. Um, and there are times you know we had our pity parties and whatnot, but and that doesn't necessarily change whether the circumstance was right or wrong uh it, are we, you know how do you know if you're treated wrong your reaction can be right or wrong and at the same point in time we also knew even when our reaction was wrong we're not going to stay there we're going to by his grace <coughs> by his spirit we're going to get over it and we're going to move forward and so we have a choice to make to be forgiving, to be encouraged, to be, to be joyful, you know, to be thankful. Uh, and so, uh, we choose to be spiritually minded, not naturally minded. And so, anything you want to add? No, all I can say is, uh, I can echo what, what Andrew says when he's saying, I don't say this to condemn you, but rather to enlighten you. You know, Dave and I, and I can, I'm sure, say this for Andrew, we've been there, done that. So none of this is condemnation. This is trying to help you because we've been there. And there are times, like Dave said, where we haven't reacted correctly, but then there are times we've caught ourselves and went straight to our source, capital S, who is God, our Father, and meditated on his word or like the other day I could have stewed on some news that was very disheartening but instead because I had to focus on work I turned on Charlie and Joel LeBlanc uh, their worship music is just Holy Spirit inspired and so consoling at times you know they have some that are that are peppy that it you know, it just brings joy to you, but then there's some, um, I mean, all of their music comes straight from the Word of God, and it was so soothing to my heart that was heavy. 
and I got out of the the funk I was in but again it's a choice you have to choose to <coughs> meditate on God's Word or put on a good teaching or good music or something we're not saying it's easy but it can get easier look at Andrew's example you know when when he first got on fire for the Lord and, and went to Vietnam he was in God's Word I don't I forget how many hours a day I'll just say like 18 hours a day or t 10 hours or whatever it was but because he was in the word in the word in the word he's been able to get through some really heavy stuff in his own life uh, his son dying and being raised from the dead if he hadn't had God's word so hidden in his heart him and his wife Jamie that they wouldn't have seen that victory and you will see victory if you recognize and realize that God is your source you know back I forget how many years ago um, I was with my grandma and we had a, a mutual friend who had confessed that she had been dealing with depression and my grandma bless her heart just turned around and said well you need to do something about it you need to get up every day you need to to get in God's Word you need to choose not to be depressed and it, it was it was good advice but when you're depressed it is a very hard advice to follow to get that motivation to be like no I'm gonna conquer this I'm gonna get in God's Word because um, when when you have just the heaviest of hearts you know it's, it's really hard we get that we've been there but we have been on the side of victory too often to want to hang out in that spot or have anyone else hang out in that spot and we want to help that's our desire that's why uh, part of the reason Andrew's writing his books is to help you know he said enlightened but really uh, to piggyback on Dave's Holy Spirit messages that the Holy Spirit is here to help us the church to exhort and to encourage each other with the gifts and Andrew is using his gifts to encourage us so that we have victory in our life you know and we mentioned about Andrew spent I think it was 16 hours but that's besides the point how many hours it was a length of time you know in the word and you know there was a season in my life where I was probably spending about that much time as well but that, that's not everyday living for me. That's not, I've not been doing that for the last, you know, 20, 16 years. But there have been pockets of time where I spent a lot of time in God's Word. And, and then, especially when there's some teaching seasons. When God's teaching me and getting me grounded in, a, in, a, in, in, in something. And so, you know, and most of us don't have that kind of time, you know, to spend 16 hours a day. You know, and it's not always um, the, the the quality of time, even though I would recommend if you could. But it's a quantity of time too. <coughs> you know, but but more importantly, what, I mean, what we're getting even now this teaching, if you've been with us the last few weeks, it's meditating on God's word. You can get a one one scripture and meditate it on it all day. I'm just trying to bring some practical to this because I know. Uh, we are, we need to live. We have families. Some of us have a lot of distractions and responsibilities. And you're like, I can't spend 16 hours a day like Andrew. I'm not in full-time ministry, whatever the case may be. But you can meditate on God's Word 
uh, almost 24 hours a day. Uh, you can meditate on it day and night. You know, and I believe I believe we need to have pockets of times where we just have a good time uh, in God's Word. You know, there's times where we go on a date, and then there's times that we go on a vacation. You know, we're kind of overdue for a vacation, but you know, but sometimes we just need to shut everything down so we can spend time together. <coughs> you know, um, we we find pockets of time every day to spend time together. We find pockets of time every week and and periodically on a vacation to do that. Same thing with God. Sometimes you know, we have church stuff every week, but we also and we have personal time with God every every day and every week. But then sometimes we go to a conference, or sometimes we go to uh, uh, something special where we're just gonna spend an extra so a little extra time with God. And so that that's always a, um, a benefit too. And so, but my my point I wanted to to bring out and to piggyback on what Sherry was saying uh, when she mentioned Andrew, because I know we use that many times, but. And, and that's all good. And if we could do that, I mean, if you could spend 16 hours a, a day in God's Word, it's going to revolutionize your life. Mm-hmm. At the same point in time, you might not have 16 hours a day. You might not even have six, you know. But you can meditate in God's Word day and night. Let me just share this, too. When we went to Bible college, we were going to Bible college three, four days a week, four hours a day. That's 16 hours a week. You know, it changed our lives. You know, and uh, if you go to Colorado, it's five days a week, four hours a day. That's 20 hours a week. You're going to be in God's Word and a good teaching, good fellowship uh, for uh, for 16 to 20 hours a week. It's going to change your life. So there are other parts. I don't think everyone should go to Bible college. Even our church, our ministry, we have free Bible classes on our, our website. Uh, the registration, you have to register. It's free. It's a very simple process. And then... Uh, um, you can have take Bible classes for free, and uh, you know uh, I think everyone should be in God's Word and be meditating on God's Word every day and night. And I just think it's it's good for everybody. And so um, it and it's different when you have a lifestyle of being God's Word day and night and meditating day and night <coughs> than to go to God when you're in the crisis only. I'm not saying you can't go to God when you're in a crisis and spend a lot of time in God's Word. You can, and and, and you're going to see benefits. But you're going to be, uh, I believe you can be proactive versus reactive and, and have a lifestyle of being God's Word. And so some, sometimes sometimes when some things come to you, they just they just are like water on a duck's back. They just kind of fall off. But, but sometimes you, you've had your roots so deep. So when that, those hurricane storms come, you are, have a foundation where you're planted in. And it's, you know, it's kind of like the, when Jesus said, he who plants his, his house on the rock, when the, when the storms come, uh, there won't be any destruction. But he who builds his house on the sand, uh, the destruction will be great. And there's a lot, there's a lot of sandy people out there. And uh, I believe I want to build my house on the rock, God's word. And have a relationship with God, being grounded and rooted in, in a relationship with Him. You know, it says a, a third cord is not easily separated. And I know that's talking a lot about marriage, but Jesus is that third cord. And by us having a relationship with God individually, but also collectively, you know, it's hard for the enemy to come in and, and just try to shipwreck our marriage or our ministry or whatnot. <coughs> so, anyway. And when you're in God's Word as often as you can, during those tough times, 
or encouraging someone else who is going through a, a tough time, the Word of God will come to mind. The Holy Spirit will remember, hey, remember when you read this? And and bring it up to mind and just bring such comfort to you. And, you know, it if, if you're sick or depressed or whatever, you do want help and this is the way to get help is by being in God's Word. God's Word will speak to you about anything everything in your own life whether good or bad and it is health to your bones. Right, let's keep reading. Uh, the title, uh, Take a Gospel. That's kind of a funny way of saying gospel. But take a gospel. Jesus says the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. John 6, 63. Since God's word is spirit, to be spiritually minded is to be word of God minded. If you are word of God minded, this will produce life and peace. Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Isaiah 26, 3. Some might say, but I've done all of these things and I still have terrible problems in my life. I would say that you may have read the Word of God or heard someone else quote it, but you haven't attended to it. You haven't inclined your ear and kept his saying in the midst of your heart. Excuse me for a second. Dave, can you continue? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, we have our little, you can't see a puppy on the video, but we have our little puppy. We're puppy training. She just woke up from her nap, so we got to uh, go take care of some business with her. So pa pardon that little interruption. Let me find a place where Sherry was at. Um, so I, sorry, I put my book down because I was kind of attentive to the puppy. So I'll just start here. Um, I'll probably reread some things that she read. God's since God's word is spirit, to be spiritually minded is to is to be word of God minded. If you are word of God minded, this will produce life and peace. Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon thee, because he trusted in thee. Some might say, but I've done all these things, and I still have terrible problems in my life. I would say that you may have read the word of God, or heard somebody else quote it, but you haven't attended to it. You haven't inclined your ear and kept his sayings in the midst of your heart. Proverbs twenty 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 two. We talked about that the last couple of weeks. You've let your eyes depart and focus on other things. If you do do what God's word says, it will produce the results that the word says it will produce. Proverbs twenty. Proverbs 4, 20-22 reveals that God's word will be life to those who find it and its saints and health to all their flesh. Literally thousands of people have come to me with sickness in their body and have asked, Would you pray for me? Yes, I'll pray for you. But what does the person, what does the person who is doing, doing the praying for everybody else do when they get sick? Do I run to somebody every time I have an illness begin to fight against me? No, I go to the Word of God. Just like if you have a, a pain, you take a pill. If you have a pain, I take a gospel. I take the Word of God. 
<coughs> you know, and uh, I mean, I mentioned before, you know, I haven't been sick since 2009. Andrew has a longer period with this, you know, and when I, it, it, there have been times through the years that a, a scratchy throat wanted to come on or I felt my immune system down or weak, and, and so, uh, you know, I didn't, I used to just take a Tylenol or Advil or Sudafed or something of that nature, uh, or eventually go to the doctor or, or just play sick. And so, but n now I refuse to be sick, you know, and I, I, if I need to, I'll get in the Word of God and get some scriptures about healing, but I just know that by His stripes I'm healed, and I will, I submit to God's Word, and I resist that sickness, and, and I just don't get sick. You know, sometimes because I, I speak a lot more now than I do, sometimes I get this scratchiness, and that's why sometimes you see me hacking a little bit. I, I, I can come against that too, and I should, and that's just from my own uh, lack of attentiveness there. Uh, that's my, that's on my fault, not the Word of God. But I believe we can take a gospel, you know. There's been times where I'm discouraged about something or upset about something, and so I have to take a gospel, to calm my emotions down and get my emotions under control and to, to uh, you know, set a different course in my life and, 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 and realize I'm not going to go down this road and allow my emotions to get over me. Just like you would take a pill to, uh, if you had a pain in your body, you know, uh, a lot of people do. You know, people come to our house once in a while, and they ask for it. Once in a while, we get someone asking for an Advil or a Tylenol. We don't have it. We don't even have it. We have, in 20 years, Sherry and I have never bought Tylenol. We have never bought Advil. We don't use it. We don't have a need to use it, you know. Uh, and so we don't buy those things. You'll never find us down in, in the, uh, the, those health aisles. We, we just, there's nothing there for us. Uh, and so, we just don't go there. We don't go to C CVS. We don't go to uh, Walgreens. We don't go to these places. We, and I'm not against you if you do. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying I take a gospel pill. I don't take a regular pill. <coughs> I don't take drugs, you know. But uh, and I'm not against. I'm not trying to be mean or whatever. I just uh, the word of God. Uh, if I have a need, emotionally, psychologically. Physically, then I go to the Word of God and I counter that with the Scripture and uh, and uh, or Scripture that I already know, and I'll just uh, use Scripture. But I'm using Scripture as my premise to over overcome that thing. You know, I, I missed a little bit uh, dealing with uh, puppy, but you know, like Dave said, we're not against anyone who takes medication, uh, aspirin or Tylenol or whatever it might be. But if you're willing to do that, we encourage you to be in the Word of God as your medicine. Um, we eat three times a day. Uh, most people, some people have different uh, points of view on how often they eat or different things, but generally we've been taught throughout the years to have three meals a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And we do that when our body gets hungry, we eat food. So my common sense way of thinking is we should, if we're doing that physically to keep our strength up, to you know go about our day and get things done, 
and just we're hungry, we eat. Uh, when uh, if when we do that for physical reasons, you know, we we notice if we don't eat, you know, we're cranky or uh, run down or whatever. You know, why not do uh, what Andrew's saying and being in the Word of God so that in all areas, physical, emotional, spiritual, I'm sure I'm missing something, but that's that's medication for all areas. You know, the, the verse that says, I, I pray that you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers, or your soul prospers by being in the Word of God. It is. And so, um, you know, anyway, that's just my take on a lot of that. Um, let's go ahead and read some more. Uh, health flows through. <coughs> Whenever I have any physical symptoms of illness hitting me, I'll stand against them, rebuke them, and speak my faith. Normally, that will take care of everything. I've lived now over 40 years in divine health. I took a couple of aspirin after having a tooth removed, and I got so weak once after ministering 82 times in two weeks that I had a sinus infection for a couple of days, but that's it. I don't get sick. I don't believe in being sick, but I've had the symptoms of sickness hit me, and they'll last for an hour or two. If, after rebuking the symptoms, I don't see instantaneous results, then I take up the Word of God. I start going over scriptures that I already know, like 1 Peter 2.24, which says that by his stripes I was healed. It's not good enough just to quote these scriptures from memory. I go back and look them up again because of this principle. God's words are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. Proverbs 4.22 The word of God is health to your flesh. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Psalm 107.20 If I need healing in my body, I take the word of God and meditate on it. I eat these words because they're life and health to my flesh. I may even quote these words, but I'll still go back to my Bible and study them. As I do, the Bible reveals that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10.17 Notice that verse doesn't say faith comes by having heard. No, it's in the present tense. We have to continually hear God's word. When I meditate on those scriptures, I stir up the faith that I already have on the inside of me. Romans 12.3 As I start meditating on the scriptures, health flows through me. I've only gone a few hours maximum over the past 40 years with any symptoms of sickness in my body. I've Overcome broken bones, swelling, sprains, fevers, upset stomachs, and nausea. I actually have a doctor's report saying that I had an incurable disease. Yet within hours of that doctor's visit, I was totally healed. I've operated this way for decades, allowing God's word to bring life and health to my body, and it works. This is what the word of God teaches about itself. Yet most people, even those who say God's word is important, don't really live as though it is important. They don't meditate on the word day and night. That's the reason they don't have good success and aren't prosperous. You know, I think we have we have to get to the point with this book, and it's not a book, it's a person, is our life. As if our life depends on it. You know, 
Uh, and it's not just that. It's do we believe what we read? Do we believe it? And and there's several scriptures that Andrew brings out in this section of this chapter about how the Word of God is our healer. You know, I'm, tr- I'm trying to get back to where it was. We've been quoting the last few weeks from Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs chapter 4, I believe it was, but you know, uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to find it again. Let me, let me get, I know where the verse is at, so I'll find it here. My son attempted my words, inclined thy ear, thy ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thy eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy heart. For they, <coughs> God's word, are life unto those who find it and health to all their flesh. He says, and he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all their destructions. All their destructions. Not just healing, but there's some other things that are trying to destroy our lives and we can be, uh, we can be healed and delivered from those things. You know, the word salvation not only means healing, but the word salvation in the Greek and the Hebrew also means deliverance. You know, we can, we can see deliverance. And I like how he says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It doesn't say, it does, and I like how he emphasizes, it doesn't say had, having heard, you know, it, it's present tense. Having heard. You know, uh, faith comes by hearing the word, and, and when, sometimes when we're in a situation, we might know it here, but we gotta read it again. Read it again. You know, physically speaking, growing up, I used to take a Tylenol. If it did, the headache didn't go away, I would take another one. You know? Uh, well, you know, well, let's, let's use the scripture that way. Not religiously, but in a relate, I believe the God, God's word. And, you know, I, I'm gonna submit to God's word. God says, I am healed. By his stripes, I'm healed. There's other scriptures I can bring out that we just read. Your word is health to my body, to all my flesh. You'll deliver me from all my destructions. Your word. God's word is that powerful, but we have to believe it. Where does that belief come? Where does that faith come? Hearing God's word. Hearing and by hearing. And it's present tense. It's just because you heard it 20 years ago, just because you heard it last Sunday, just because you heard it this morning. Sometimes just because you heard it five minutes ago. Sometimes you need to hear it again and again. Sometimes, and that's one reason why we like worshiping, because a lot of the worship songs are scripture and melody. <laughs> And we just need to sometimes, uh, you know, um, I know, uh, uh, let me go to a scripture real quick here in Ephesians chapter 5. I know this, I can find this in another uh, location too, but Ephesians chapter 5. I'm in Galatians, so let me get there. But 5.18. Um, Do not be drunk with wine. In which is, in which in is dispensation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual psalms, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, sometimes we can get our, you know, uh, we need to get the hamster going, so to speak. And worship and making melody in our hearts to the Lord. Sometimes we need, need to get our hearts stirred up in the right direction. And, and worshiping God. It's like that song growing up. Turn your eyes upon Jesus and the things of this world will grow strangely dim. And, uh, you know, that's a gospel to me. And so, um, 
We just need to do that. You know, talk about the birth part of that passage I just read, talk about drunkenness, and I'm not talking about <coughs> drinking alcohol, but sometimes we can get so intoxicated with our problems, so intoxicated with the things that are going on in this world, so intoxicated with the, the tragedy that, that's been going on for too long. And sometimes we just need the gospel and to help sober us up. Sometimes we need to... That the Spirit of God, His words are a spirit of life to sober us up and from our mental state, from our worried state, from our fearful and anxiety state to a place where <coughs> our minds are stayed upon Him. We can be in perfect peace. So, anything with you? And you know, that, that believing, that faith is a big key. We can physically read the Word of God or quote it uh, as many times as we want, but it's not a magic formula just to read or just to say it out loud and wish it to be so. We do have to believe it, and that's why uh, Andrew, as well as Dave and I, are encouraging it has to be a as often as we can thing to be in God's Word and to get it in our hearts and really believe and you know I, I always go back anytime we talk about healing to go back to those that we have heard testimonies whether they be Andrew Ashley and Carly Teredes uh, Mike Hesh I think Hush, Hush. I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name but, and there's so many more if you go on um, Andrew's website and listen to the healing journeys all these testimonies, they didn't just wish that their healing manifested. They just were so fed up and said, no, God's word says this. I believe it. And they took a stand and they put God's word so much in their hearts that that's all they got was healing because they believed God's word. And... Even other testimonies of people, whether it be financial, whether it be a breakthrough in, in any other uh, issue in their life, they took God's word and believed it. And, I mean, even King David in the Old Testament, you know, he... he uh, you know, I think I'm quoting the wrong king, and I'm sorry, I, I it just occurred to me to share this but there was a king in in the old testament they had uh they had uh, I, I hopefully uh you know i'm totally paraphrasing this and i wish i had the exact uh reference for you but the the priest i believe it was found that god's word his word that needed uh, that the the Israel had had forgotten uh, or something like that, and the king basically made a declaration of, you know, we need to hear God's word. We need to be in God's word. We need you, the priest, to read it to us. And they made such a big deal of God's word being alive and uh, something to go back to, and back to King David in Psalm 118 which is the longest psalm uh, 
he almost, I think it's every verse in that psalm, he talks about God's statutes, God's word, God's laws, uh, so many times just how much he loves God's word. And it's such an encouraging psalm, uh, even if it is maybe a little long for some people, but it also has one of my favorite, uh, not quote, a favorite Bible verse about offense is, uh, no, and I have to kind of paraphrase this, darn it. I should, um, I don't, I don't want to take time to look it up, but it's basically whoever God, loves God's law or God's word, like takes it in their heart. Offense doesn't come to them. And so many people in this world are offended over every little thing. I've been around people where I feel like if I blinked, it would offend them. If I didn't blink, it would offend them. No matter what I did or didn't do or said or didn't say, I felt like no matter what, I would offend these people. And I know I've used myself as an example before, but I, I myself have been offended or in bitterness or hardness of heart over someone doing or saying something to me and I I forget four or five years ago finally I just I took a stand I did not like how I reacted uh, emotionally and physically towards this offense or bitterness and thank God he helped me in his word realize that when I love God's word so much, when I put God first and seek him first, I don't have to live in, in bitterness. I don't have to live in offense. I actually can overcome it and instead turn around and treat the person how God would have me treat them. And it's only by the Holy Spirit working in me that I've been able to overcome it. But if it wasn't for God's word in me, I don't know if I would have been able to, but God's word clearly says several times on how to um, not have offense in your heart. And uh, that can be a, a deadly thing to have. So. Yeah, so, I mean, God's word works. It's not just something on a shelf. It's not just words on a page. Word of God is alive. It's active. But we got to make it live and active enough by having a relationship with it, you know? Um, you know, just like a pill wouldn't work, and if you don't, if you just have it on the shelf, or well, the gospel won't work too. If you just have it on the shelf, God's word will make uh, bring health to your bones and health to your life and health to your flesh. Uh, but we got to believe it, and we got to we got to partake of it on a regular basis and meditate. At, we need to meditate on it day and night. It just needs it needs to be part of our regular diet where we're like a cow that's choosing its cud and, and then uh it, it just we need to believe it <laughs> yeah but you know it's gonna if we don't value enough or we're meditating on day and night and we're valuing enough then you know uh in one sense of the word i don't i have i i i doubt whether we believe it or not because if you believe this word <coughs> it's true you believe what it can't what he says and what he will do what he's promised and you know it's more important than any other thing else you can read or, or talk about or meditate on day and night. And I would rather meditate on God's Word than all the stress and anxiety we, we, we tend to meditate on already. Most of us, you know, Sherry and I are a little opposite. And this way, at night, I can just turn my mind off and go to sleep. She can't. 
You know, it's, it's a, and that's how, that's a foreign concept to her. It's a foreign concept to me, and I, you can't just shut off your mind. Most people are not like me, but I have met a few, and uh, but uh, you know, most people can't just turn off their mind, and that's why they can't sleep. And they can't sleep; they get more cranky and all this other stuff. But you know, we meditate on everything else. Why can't we meditate on uh, the Word of God? Why is that not the most dominant thing in our minds, day and night? And, and you, if you can't physically be in the Word because of your schedule, I mean, I know people who have a full-time job, raising kids, have you know, family, you're taking care of the home, and and all this stuff, and they are like, where can I find time to take, you know, good quality time to be in God's Word? You know, it's just nugget. Sometimes it's just nugget time. Um, Dave's dad had started texting us daily Bible verses, I don't know how many months ago. And uh, around the beginning, uh, he sent a verse that struck me so much that I physically wrote it out and I posted it uh, on a sticky note on my computer uh, in my office at work. So anytime I go into my office, I have that verse right there and I can't help but see it and read it and meditate on it. We have a, a chalkboard in our home where we can write out different things, but most often we write out a Bible verse that we're standing on or a, a promise or something that God has told us so that we have it in the forefront. We can't help but read it and read it and read it. And, um, you know, we've told... Dave's dad's testimony where he would take Bible verses to work and he'd have it, you know, on his forklift, you know, wherever he was so that he could read it and read it and read it and meditate on it. Um, I've posted things on on mirrors before because, you know, when you're getting ready for the day, you, you know, you, you stand in front of the mirror and do your hair and brush your teeth. There's the Bible verse. Um, I, you know, cards throughout the house something you know we've even framed some things that god has told us or or his verses that that we're standing on just to have it so that anytime we pass by we're reminded of it and we can meditate on it you know there's so many things you know i have a sister who doesn't have a lot of time to read so she'll put on books on tape so that she can listen to it and when she's in the car or has time where she has to like can can listen while she's working and you know if if that's what it takes you know even um uh some of the the music things we listen to like spotify or um you know whatever they are you can actually find people reading the bible out loud so there's different ways to meditate on god's word without i mean i prefer having the Bible open to read it, but any which way I can uh, is good to get God's Word in you. Okay, how are we doing in time? Got a few more minutes left. Uh, let's go ahead and read a little more, and then we'll probably wrap it up. And can I just say one thing? Back to all the, the testimonies that I told you about. You know, you, you have to take a stand. And it was important to these people, like Mike Hesh, Ashley and Carly Teredes, to take God's word and have it so for, forefront in their minds, and they were in God's word, no matter what other people said, and they it, it changed their life. 
so I, I encourage you, you know, if, if you want your life to change, then you have to make the decision to stand and believe on God's word and have it be part of your daily diet. So made manifest. God used the first two verses of Romans 12 to totally transform my life. It was the first passage of scripture that ever came alive to me back in 1967. These verses impacted me so deeply that they literally changed the course of my life. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Romans 12, 1 and 2. That's what I was seeking in my life. I wanted to know God's will. So I looked up the word prove and it meant to, and it means to make manifest to the physical senses. That's exactly what I desired. I wanted God's plan to be made manifest physically in my life. I knew that God already had a plan for my life. I believe that. I just didn't know what it was. It wasn't manifest to my physical senses. I believed it was there somewhere. I just wanted it to be manifest. So for months I focused on this passage of scripture. I wanted the results promised, the result promised at the end of verse two, that I would make manifest to my physical senses, the good, acceptable and perfect will of God. So I went back to verse one and the beginning of verse two to see what I had to do to get to my desired end. Verse 1 radically transformed my life and it gave me a totally brand new direction. After meditating on it for three and a half months, I had this experience where God poured out his love in my life. This happened on March 23rd, 1968, and it literally changed the course of my life. I've never been the same since. As important as that experience was, I would have lost the benefit of this encounter with God if I had not continued to grow in the knowledge of God's word. You may be struggling to understand that thinking, oh, if I could only really encounter God, if I had a vision or if the Lord were to appear to me, then my life would never be the same. I've had some very miraculous encounters with God, but I'm telling you that you can't just live off an experience or emotions. It's been over 40 years since I encountered God this way. If all I was living from was an experience that happened to me over 40 years ago, I would be dry, dead, and lifeless today. That encounter got me jump-started. It opened up my eyes and gave me a vision. It provided me with motivation. That encounter was good, and I praised God for it. But what really changed my life was Romans 12, too. Be not, con be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is what's happened to me. I've been transformed by the renewing of my mind. I had this supernatural experience which got my attention, changed my desires, and started me moving in a different direction. However, it is the renewing of my mind through the Word of God that has completely, thoroughly, and totally transformed me. I attribute it, I attribute every bit of the power and victory that I've experienced to the word of God becoming alive and speaking to me. <clears> this <throat> is good stuff. <clears throat> you know, 
Praise God for some of our experiences. Some of us have had some very what I God encounters or a God God moments. Uh, we might phrase it differently. And praise God for that. But even Andrew said, "I can't live on a God encounter I had 40 years ago." You know, and uh, they might help jumpstart it. It might help trigger some things. It might help get you on the right path. It might help wake you up if you need to be woken up and get your attention. But, you know, and I've had a lot of good mentors and pastors and speakers in my life. But it's the Word of God that changed my life. It's God who's changed my life. It's Jesus who's changed my life. I praise God for people like Andrew Womack and others in my life who God has used throughout the years to speak into my life. But ultimately, it's God's Word that has changed my life, has transformed my life. There's, you know... We are transformed by the renewing of our mind. How do we renew our mind? The word renew, if you, if you say that, means to renovate the mind. And uh, yeah, the, it's, it's, you're, you're going to be transformed. Your life is going to be transformed. Your circumstances can be transformed as you renew your mind to God's Word. Not being conformed to this world. Not con- the mold of this world. You know, the, it goes back to being naturally minded is death. You know, people think that, well, it's flu season. Everyone gets sick. It's just a normal part of life. That's being conformed to this world. The Word of God doesn't teach that. People taught that. And the Word of God says, by your traditions, you can make the Word of God of no effect. But, you know, and I, I used to believe that being sick was just normal from time to time, getting a cold, a common cold, or flu, or whatnot. It was, you know, it was just a normal part of life. I mean, most jobs give you sick leave. <laughs> they expect you to be sick every month. You know, it just, uh, um, but at the same point in time, I just, I just realized, you know, that's not, sickness came, is part of the curse. Sickness came, is part of the curse, is part of the fall. And Christ has redeemed me from the curse. I don't have to live sick. But, I need to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. And sometimes I need to be renewed again and again and again. You know, sometimes in the moment. Sometimes I, you know, the Holy Spirit is our teacher. He brings scriptures to our remembrance. You know, I can't use yesterday's wine. I, 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 need, I need a fresh dose today. And so, um, that's one of the big things I got out here. There were some other nuggets. I can't remember them right now. But it's just... Uh, there's two things that really stood out to me. I know there's some other things too. But, you know, I've had people come to me time to time tell me about a God moment they had. You know, and I'm not trying to water down their God moment. Their God moment's not going to do anything for my faith. Because <laughs> it was their moment. At the same point in time, sometimes 20, 30, 40, sometimes even longer, they're still living off that God moment. And I'm not trying to be... And I watered that God moment. Praise God for that God moment. It got you on the right path. It was part of the process of revolutionizing your life. But you're not gonna. You chances are you're not gonna have those God moments every day. Those type of God moments. But you have the living word. It's a living word. It's something you were supposed to live by. A lifestyle. A diet. My daily bread. And so we, we need to have a regular diet of God's Word. And so that we can live by and be transformed by. And you know, every 
God moment in the Bible, whether it be Moses, King David, Paul the Apostle, they had the God moment, but then they lived and had a relationship with God for the rest of their lives. It might have started out as a God moment uh, that really sparked something like Moses at the burning bush or Paul on the road uh, to uh, Damascus. Damascus. But um, it it all, uh, I mean, it all started with that. Um, but then, I mean, they, they kept talking with God. They kept having that relationship with God for the rest of their lives. I mean, I remember um, in Moses, uh, Dea and Joshua's, you know, Moses constantly, you know, went up the mountain to talk to God. Uh, God told him this. God gave him all the the directions for building the tabernacle. I mean, it, it was, you know, it's so much detail, but Moses could only do that, not because he had the burning bush experience, because, but because, he, I mean, he even said it uh, in chapter 33 when he says, uh, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us from here. Moses was basically saying, hey, God, if you're not going to be in my life, in our life, in Israel's life, then we don't want anything to do with this. We have to have you. And uh, even Joshua, you know, uh, he was uh, basically Moses' assistant, I, for lack of better terms. And there was a time when they were in the tabernacle and uh, God's glory came down and Moses went out to speak to the people. And Joshua stayed. Joshua learned how to have a relationship with God uh through the example of Moses, but Joshua himself had that. And even when Joshua became the leader, uh, God said, Hey, Joshua, you're, Moses is dead, but you know, now you're the one. And then God spoke to Joshua, you know, be not, um, uh, don't be, I'm totally messing up my words, but, but fear not. So many times I told him to fear not, but even in, in, in Joshua, I believe it's chapter one, encouraged Joshua to always have the word of God in him and meditate on it so that he would prosper and have success. And, you know, I know, I know this is a lot of stuff to think about and to meditate on it. And I love, uh, how both Dave and Andrew have talked about meditating on, on words, on God's word and that transform your life. And, you know, something that, that may help you is Andrew's teaching on spirit, soul, and body. And the, um, the animated, uh, animated uh, version of it, it kind of does a short uh, synopsis. I don't know if that's the right word either. But if you're a visual person, it's, um, it, it's really good to see how Andrew not only... Uh, teaches us that we are three a three-part being spirit soul and body but you can see how renewing of your mind impacts your soul and your body through your born-again spirit and um, I believe we have it on our website uh, that you can find it that way or you know YouTube it or however people find things um, but it's a it's a it it really helped me put 
put uh, things in perspective and add two and two and get four when I struggled with, well, I'm reading God's word. How come I'm not seeing the result? And, you know, Anders' teaching has really helped me transform my life. The Spiritual and Body Animated series that Andrew, I mean, Sherry's talking about, there's three parts to it. It is on our website. If you go under Resources, under Core Teachings, uh, about midway down, it's, it's, you'll find all three of them there. And they're, they're not that long. There's three of them. They're not that long, uh, but it's very powerful. Because we, we, we also learn by visual, and it's an animated uh, ver- teaching of uh, Spirit, Soul, and Body. So, well, we're out of time, so I'm going to pray us out, and uh, uh, we invite you to join us Wednesday night at 7 o'clock as we do our teaching on uh, the Believer's Authority, and then uh, we again on Sunday morning at 11.15 a.m., as I'm talking about still knowing the Holy Spirit, we'll be in week 14. I introduced a new concept this morning about oil and wine, and it's going to be very good uh, this coming Sunday, so I, I encourage you to... Tune in and watch our archives. Lord, we worship you. We magnify you. Lord, I, I just pray that we all understand this. Even those of us who have been walking with you for years, that we understand the value of meditating on your word day and night. That it never gets old. And Lord, uh, that, let that be a lifestyle. Let that be a legacy that we have, um, Lord, for, for your kingdom and for your word. Uh, in our lives, that we would hide your word in our heart, that we would not sin against you, and Lord, uh, we meditate on your your word day and night, that we would have good success in every area of our lives. And I pray for those who are struggling, whatever the circumstance may be, I pray that, Lord, I thank you that your word does deliver us from destruction. And whatever destroying, whether that be sickness, relationships, or finances, or something else, We just thank you for your peace, and we thank you that our God reigns. We worship you, we magnify you, in the name of Jesus. God bless you guys, have a great week, we'll see you on Wednesday.